Huh, who's that? It's the real estate deal with Kevin Lawton on 1077 The Bronx. Oh, hi, come on in. Kevin Lawton, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker Schiavonian Associates, is ready to help you navigate the real estate market. Whether you're buying, selling, renting, or investing, Kevin's your agent on the airwaves to help. He's your guide to buying and selling homes in the Mercer and Burlington County area. The real estate deal on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Brad Zerby and MLS number 161236 at Gateway Mortgage Group. And by Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates. Let's go over to our agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton, with the real estate deal. Only on 1077 The Bronx. The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com, proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Live from the Clarny's Public House Studios at Ryder University, you're listening to The Real Estate Deal. I am your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Giovanni and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington County. You can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash KevinMartinDBSA. That's facebook.com slash KevinMartinDBSA. There you can find all kinds of information about real estate um, in the local area. Um, and you can also find your listings, office listings, and you can also find out more information about each episode of The Real Estate Deal. You can also search for The Real Estate Deal on Facebook to head to our dedicated page for the show. And you can also email us directly, realestatedeal at rider.edu. That's realestatedeal at rider.edu. And always happy to uh, welcome any of your comments, questions, thoughts, concerns about the show or real estate in general. Um, definitely happy to answer any questions for you if the show is for you. Um, so take full advantage and uh, try and tap into my knowledge or uh, get a question answered for yourself or whether it's a loved one or family member or friend whatever the case may be and just as a reminder you can always head to 1077thebronc.com check out the real estate deals page and go to the audio archives to listen to every single episode of the real estate deal ever um, we are totally up to date on the website so definitely check it out um, and if you miss a show you can always check out the show there uh, and we always post it on Facebook as well for you to find it. Uh, so welcome back to the show. We had a new episode this week. Last week we had uh, Encore. And the Encore was Design Drag, uh, which was from August. And actually, when we uh, spoke about that, we were just, I think, beginning discussion of lower mortgage rates and how um, they were starting to drop more and more. And they had been dropping over time, definitely. I think we mentioned it here and there. Um, but we were talking about it a little more and just um, how you can take advantage of that. Uh, so, and then we also talked about some design mistakes and things of that nature. But you can check that out if you missed it uh, in the audio archives, again, on 1077thebronx.com. Um, but I wanted to check back in since we aired that uh, on mortgage rates. Because uh, actually... What I've been saying about mortgage rates is that they're low, so obviously you want to take advantage. You want to go after the low mortgage rate and try to lock those in if you have the opportunity to do that. So if you were thinking about buying a home, then you should have looked at it at least um, if you listen to my advice. Um, 
And if you didn't listen to my advice yet, listen now, take advantage, because the reason I want to bring it up again is because um, the average of 30-year rates actually went up um, over the past month or so. So uh, they went up by 0.7%, so not nothing crazy, not dramatic, but the average... Um, the average went to, uh, I'm sorry, 0.6%. It went up uh, to 3.75% for the country. For that's for 30-year um, mortgages, and that's usually like the, the standard of which you would get a mortgage length for. Um, you can also get 15-year shorter as well. Some people offer 20-year, um, but 30-year is usually the standard. Um, so it's a good gauge. Um, so why are the rates raising? Or rising so rates are rising uh, because there's was some financial instability uh, within the country so anytime that happens um, rates and interest rates tend to rise a little bit um, so that's why we're seeing that driving it up um, but I will say that you know with the rates being lower and how they've been lower and dropping uh, it's actually having a positive effect on the home buying market because owner, home ownership rate has actually gone up in the last quarter, uh, up 0.7%. Uh, and one of the big factors that's driving that are lower mortgage rates. Um, so people are taking advantage of that and taking the opportunity to save some money in the long run um, and going to buy more homes. Um, and to give you an idea, so a increase of 0.7%, is close to 1.4 million new households and that's across the country so you definitely want to check it out and see what kind of rate you can get it definitely will be lower than what you can expect in probably the next couple years um, especially if we just went up a little bit uh, that means that we could possibly go up again so basically what I'm saying is that mortgage rates interest rates they're low right now that doesn't mean they're going to be low forever take advantage uh, while you can uh, and we're actually going to have Brad Zerby, uh, one of our underwriters on the show. He's going to come on next week and be a guest and talk to us um, a little bit about some new mortgage products that they have available over at Gateway. Um, and we can ask him some questions about this too. I know he's got some some rules about what he can say about interest rates and things like that. But we can ask him a little bit and see, see what kind of tips he'll give us. Um, so I hope that uh, you guys had a happy Halloween. This past week and I hope that uh, you got all the candy that you wanted when you went trick-or-treating or that your kids did um, and you know if you had an awesome costume uh, would love to see it uh, you can send it to me real estate deal at rider.edu um, I myself um, was asked to dress up as Woody in Toy Story so my son wanted to be Forky uh, which he was and then of course he asked me to be Woody, so I got the whole costume and everything. So I guess I'm I look like a Woody a little bit on any kind of guy. So so yeah, embarrassing a little bit, but you know, got to do what you got to do for the kids. So uh, another thing I want to mention too is actually over the past um, week, last week I got a new car. Um, I got an electric car, fully electric car, um, a Hyundai Ionic, and it's pretty interesting as I'm learning about it. I'm um, actually getting upgrade to different power plug um, in my garage um, to help it charge faster. It does plug into a normal um, plug in your wall, like a 110 volt. Uh, takes longer 
but I'm getting it upgraded to like a 240 volt plug which is similar to what you would put in for like a um, an oven or stove right so and that cuts the charge time in half but uh, I think it's pretty interesting because what I'm like learning about it as I go is where these charging stations are located and things of that nature and I think it's something that kind of made me think about you know that's something I think that can add value over probably not immediate value um, but could definitely be an appeal to some people um, in homes that are kind of upgraded that have these charging outlets um, or different types of outlets to support electric vehicles in their garage um, so just something to think about and also developers as well I'm noticing so the car has a feature like as you drive um, it tells you where your closest charging station is and then you can tap it and it'll actually navigate you to there with the navigation system um, but what I'm seeing is like a lot of these there's no place like home. Toto, we're home! So click your heels three times, because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. 77 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Live from the Clarny's Public House Studios at Ryder University. Welcome back to The Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone & Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington County. As a reminder, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash CBSA, or you can email me direct, realestatedeal at rider.edu. That's realestatedeal at rider.edu. Um, and you can ask me any questions about today's episode, prior episode, episode that doesn't exist yet. You can uh, give me your thoughts on something that uh, you might want to hear about. Any topic that you would like, I'm happy to cover as long as it's real estate related. I'm happy to answer any questions personally as well. And of course, if you're looking to buy or sell, you can email me as well at realestatedealatrider.edu and we can uh, talk about what your options are. So, since uh, it was Halloween, of course there were some articles out there talking about haunted houses and real estate. Um, so I thought I would talk about this one, which I thought was pretty um, interesting. And basically this was a survey done from Clever Real Estate. Um, and they surveyed like a thousand people and asked them about you know whether they'd be interested in buying a haunted house or give them a problem or anything like that and 54% uh, of people said it was it was a problem so there's definitely people out there that believe I guess in haunted houses and ghosts and I'll say from experience that I can't say that I've ever seen a ghost or kind of like felt presence um, but I've heard some stories that are pretty convincing. Uh, I remember I grew up in, for a little while, in Crosswicks, New Jersey. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are familiar. It's like in a little village in Chesterfield, like next to Bordentown and next to Hamilton. And there's all older homes there. And there was one house that like supposedly was haunted. And it was definitely spooky looking. Um, and there was like this, I guess people said that they could see the old woman that used to live there 
in the window um, in her rocking chair, like rocking back and forth. But she was she's dead for a long time. So um, I never saw it, but people said they could. Um, so I don't know. So I'm not sure if I believe. I mean, I do somewhat believe. Um, I know somebody, close family friend, that her house was possessed and to the point where um, she actually had an exorcism done in her home um, to get rid of the spirit and that I mean when she tells that story it's I mean it's real and so I don't know I don't really know what to say about that I mean I can't say I've experienced it personally um, but I would say there's something out there possibly I know and like another um, friend of my dad's from high school she actually owned a bed and breakfast or she did I'm not sure if she still does a bed and breakfast that's haunted and that's the attraction of the bed and breakfast is to come there to see the ghosts and I don't know, apparently there's like a ghost cat or something there and the cat will like just walk across the steps and then suddenly just disappear in the steps um, so pretty interesting I haven't experienced myself um, but people definitely have that I know personally um, that I know would not really be making some of this stuff up and if I told you or had her on to talk about the experience with the exorcism uh, I think that you would probably believe a little bit too um, but if you've had any experiences with haunted houses I definitely uh, love to hear about it so you could email realestatedeal at rider.edu um, but back to the survey so 54% people surveyed said that it was a problem for them so if the house was haunted they wouldn't want to buy it um but one in four who believe in supernatural um, occurrences they would want to buy a house if it was haunted if it was haunted if there was a murder in the house a death in the house or if the house was located by a cemetery uh, actually lived, when i lived in crossroads i actually lived in a house that was next to the cemetery and uh i don't know it didn't it didn't really bother me i would say i didn't go there in there at night sometimes during the day i would go over there i was a little kid and i would play and one time we were jumping on uh, uh gravestones they're like they're very old it's like a very very old cemetery gravestones are really low to the ground like these blocks basically we were jumping from one to one and uh one flipped over I guess was loose or something when I stepped on it and <laughs> there were like there was like little pegs I guess that were like holding it into the ground but the peg like flipped up and I thought the peg was a uh, a finger of somebody that was buried in there so so that was like very scary for me I think I was probably like in second or third grade or something so I was young um, but then later I found out that it was just part of the uh, headstone um, and apologies, of course, to any of the people that I, I guess, was playing around and walking above as they were buried there. Um, I didn't know anybody when I was a little kid. Um, but so I wanted to look at because they actually look state by state as well to see something interesting. I think the percentage of people that believe in the supernatural, and New Jersey is actually at 38%. So 38% of the people surveyed from New Jersey believe in supernatural um which is like right in the middle of the states uh in terms of like how many people believe at the top was oklahoma 
which I thought was pretty interesting because I never, I guess, really hear about some crazy amount of supernatural occurrences in Oklahoma. I guess I would think like maybe Salem or something like that, what you always hear about. Um, and in New Jersey, 8% of people were more likely to buy um, a house if it was haunted. Um, so not really a high, high percentage. Um, so mostly in New Jersey, it sounds like people are trying to avoid them if they know that they're haunted. Um, and then in Florida, which is pretty interesting, but you know a lot of crazy things happen in Florida. Um, I thought this was really interesting. 39% of people were more likely to buy a house if it was haunted in Florida. Can't say why that is, but I thought that was uh, definitely pretty interesting. And along the lines of houses being haunted, um, so in different states, there's different laws in terms of disclosure. And so when we talk about disclosure, we talk about things that the seller has to legally disclose to buyers. Um, so anything like that's um, material defects to the home, structural issues that the seller knows about. Um, we talked, to, talked about seller's disclosure on the show before, so all those types of things that are on there. Any environmental issues that may be surrounding the property um, or there. And that goes not only for the seller, um, but it goes for the agent as well. So if the agent is aware of anything, even maybe the seller might not know, the agent needs to disclose that as well. Um, if not, it can result in some serious um, legal implications if it's later found out that they did know and didn't disclose. Um, but when it comes to things like haunted house or if somebody was killed in the house or there's some kind of crime there, something of that nature, uh, there's no law in New Jersey that requires you to disclose those types of things. Um, but if it is knowledge and if it's knowledge, it's not something that you have to disclose because by law you don't have to, but from a buyer's perspective, if that's something that's concerning to you, um, if you ask the agent, they have to disclose if they know. So even if the seller has mentioned offhand or something that you know there's been some objects that have moved or disappeared or whatever happens I guess in haunted houses um, you have to disclose it to the buyer if you know of it and you're asked right so, so that's kind of a I guess little tip for buyers if that's something that's concerning to them um, and obviously if um, you know, you're interested in something like that and you want a haunted house or you want a house that someone was murdered in, then uh, I guess it would be the first thing you'd ask. And so I think that it's pretty interesting. And I think that probably in New Jersey, um, I'm not quite sure about this, but I would imagine that there's probably like quite a few of haunted, quite a few haunted houses because, you know, you think about the houses and a lot of them are so old like in the smaller little villages that we have here and there, um, especially in our area. So I would think that, you know, there's probably a decent amount of ghosts, if you believe in ghosts. And um, because of that, because they've been around for so long and so many people have passed through them and probably at some point people have passed like that in them or 
uh, on their way. So it'd be interesting to hear. And, uh, actually, if you live in a haunted house, I would love to hear about it um, and maybe visit too. I think um, actually there's one in Fieldsboro, just outside of Bordentown. And I forget the name of it, but I think that I think there's supposed to be some spirits there or something. Um, I'll see if I get more information about that and post that on my Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Martin CBSA. Um, but if you've had any experience with it, email me realestatedeal at rider.edu. Uh, right now we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal. Only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 The Bronx. There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Tony Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. We are live from the Clarence Public House Studios at Ryder University, and you are listening to The Real Estate Deal. I am your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, and servicing both Mercer and Burlington County. As a reminder, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA, or you can email me at realestatedeal at rider.edu. That's real estate deal at rider.edu. Um, and definitely, as I think more about the haunted house thing, if you have had any experience with haunted house or anything like that, I would love to hear about it. Um, so email me real estate deal at rider.edu um, and tell me your story. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, short term rentals and how short term rentals are seeing a lot of growth. So short-term rental is something we've touched on previously a little bit, but basically when we look at short-term rental, we're looking at things, I guess the easiest way to put it is we're looking at things like Airbnb. Now there's other sites out there that do different things and obviously you can do short-term rentals outside of websites like that as well. You know, think about um, rentals at the shore, um, but there's seeing in like explosion in growth not only from availability, but from an investor standpoint. So investors are actually investing in properties just to rent them short term. Um, and this is something that's becoming a pretty big deal. Um, there's actually, I can't think of the name of the show, but there's a show on, I think it's on CNBC that, and I think it's the couple from a couple from the bachelor or some some other reality show but this is what they do like they invest in properties basically to do short-term rentals like airbnb um and on the show they go help uh other people who have some kind of property that's interesting or they have like an extra little bungalow or house on their property that they want to try and get some uh, rental income out of and they help them transform it to be more attractive to people on sites like Airbnb. So what's interesting about this is that um, this article looked at, you know, what cities are growing the most. And one of the ones that was on there was Jersey City. So I obviously don't want to talk about that because we're in New Jersey. Um, so Jersey City uh, is not, it's not the highest on the list, definitely. Um, but it's down the list um, as having a lot of growth 
and short-term rentals and use of Airbnb. Uh, obviously, some reasons for that are because it's uh, close to New York City, right? People want to be close to New York City, um, but Jersey City is probably a little more affordable. Obviously, if you're going to be right in New York, depending on where you are, um, the price is going to be higher um, for that stay. Um, and also, you know, Jersey City has access to public transportation and you know, Jersey City has been going under its own uh, kind of uh, revitalization and things of that nature as, you know, people have been moving there more and more, um, just like Hoboken to be closer to um, New York City. And Hoboken obviously gets super expensive, so you know, Jersey City and then other places around there like Weehawken, West New York as well. Um, people are moving there because of the proximity to New York. Um, and I know, actually, I have friends that came and from Spain, and they wanted to they wanted to visit New York City, but you know it was expensive to stay in New York City, so they actually rented a place in Jersey City, I believe it was Jersey City or West New York. Um, they did um, through Airbnb, and it worked out well for them because they were close and they didn't have to pay as much money. Um, so definitely potential there. So. The potential investment opportunity, I think, is a big thing that a lot of people miss because I think some people are just thinking Airbnb, okay, I have an extra bedroom uh, in my house, maybe I'll throw it on Airbnb, somebody can stay there. But, you know, if you look at properties for short-term rental investment prospects, obviously you have to look in an area where there's high demand for something like that. But if you look at Airbnb, what is the most attractive like if you're just going as a user looking for some place to stay you're gonna look for interesting and unique properties or unique features um and when i went to montreal over the summer uh i went with uh, actually i went with former guest of the show brian guzman who came on and talked about insurance uh i think that was hmm, was that last year the year before maybe that was like two years ago that was a pretty old episode um, but you can check it out, audio archives. Um, so anyway, you know, he's my roommate here at Ryder, best friend. I was his best man, so bachelor party we went to Montreal. Um, won't get into the details of that, but uh, we did get a big, like, huge loft um, in Montreal through Airbnb. And what we found out through communicating with them um, and talking to them when we got there is that they actually have a company um, they formed a company and purchased these properties throughout the city of Montreal as investments. And all they do is put them on Airbnb and that's it. That's all they serve the purpose for. Um, and like, you know, it's not somebody's home that, you know, they're not there sometimes. So they're renting it out or it's an extra room or something like that. It's all these lofts and individual apartments throughout the city um, that they market to tourists through Airbnb. Um, so it's pretty interesting. And they had... I think they said they had like 120 units or something like that um something big so some of them were owned by them and then the other thing the other business they got into i guess by extension was managing airbnbs for other people so basically they would handle you know posting it on airbnb managing the uh meet it up to get you in to the get visitors into um, the space and then handle the cleanup all those different things pricing everything and then take a percentage just like a property manager so there's a lot of um, options and potential there for different types of investments 
And I think that if you look at your property, we'll take it back to, I guess, my old original theory of, you know, trying to generate some kind of equity or income from your property to help you get to that next level, whether you know, it could be to that next house or it could be to, you know, any other thing that you want to get to in terms of financially. So you can look at different options for your property and is there potential for some type of unique Airbnb? Like where do you live? You know, could you put like some kind of tiny house or bungalow in your backyard um, that you could rent out for Airbnb? And you can get some of them. They're like prefab. I think we talked about it on one of the shows like Amazon is selling tiny homes like on Amazon now with free shipping, which is the craziest thing. Cause so you can do free shipping on a full house, which I'm, is just wild. So anyway, you can put something like that, a structure like that in your backyard potentially. And now it's a separate dwelling, um, which I think pulls more on Airbnb um, than just a room or like shared space and, you know, make it, you know, real cute and quaint or whatever and then put it on airbnb and i think you know it's just something that you have there now not only do you have it for airbnb but you have it for if guests come in-laws come um family comes and they you know don't necessarily always want them to stay in your house but you have this extra space that's kind of separate you can use as guest house as well um and also i think you know these little bungalows or in-law suites that are not attached um or, you know, some people like the commercial, the she shed, um, as people have them, you know, they add value to the property as well, because potential buyers can now see that as extra space for them. Um, or, you know, there's potential to convert those into offices as well, um, to keep, you know, for people that have home-based businesses and things of that nature, or you can even say like, oh, I'm generating like this much income from Airbnb, uh, monthly. And obviously that's, that selling point because person comes in and they just keep keep advertising it basically and keep it up upkeep and clean and everything but you know knowing that you can come into a property that's generating some income already and property that you like then you know why is that not selling point um, definitely would be so i think that you know there is potential there the one thing that if you're thinking about looking to get into Airbnb from an investment standpoint, you need to be careful uh, of new regulations. So recently, New York City started putting different rules in place um, to try and keep tighter checks on short-term rentals like Airbnb. Um, so they have some limitations around short-term rentals, but Airbnb, I guess, kind of skirts around them a little bit, um, the way the platform is set up. But what they're trying to do is attempt to limit the number of short-term rentals in the city. Um, and New York City is, I think, is like the top spot for Airbnb. Um, it has like the most units, I think, and most people um, looking for places there. So, but part of the thing is that the short-term rentals uh, will generate more profit than long-term leases as well. Um, because you can charge more for a night, um, just like a hotel, if you think about it where if you actually multiplied out you know the nightly rate of the hotel for a month way higher than you know what you would pay if you're actually going to lease space of that size for a month um so 
definitely something to think about. Definitely look out for regulations wherever um, you are located and definitely make sure that you think about location. This is a huge one and I think location is a huge deal on this because you want to be close to something that people want to visit that will make them want to stay somewhere nearby. Um, so we're going to jump into our last break of the day. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Portal Banker, Shivoni and Associates and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077 The Bronx. There's no place like home. Kona, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal. 1077thebronc1077thebronc.com proudly nominated for a national association of broadcasters 2019 marconi award for best college radio station of the year live from the Carney's public house studios at Ryder university you are listening to the real estate deal i am your host and agent on the airwaves kevin lawton of coldwell banker shiavoni and associates located in yardville new jersey and servicing both Mercer and Burlington County. As a reminder, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash KevinLawtonCBSA. I'll be posting more information there about uh, today's topics and of course, other real estate news and real estate happenings as well as listings and information about previous shows as well. Uh, you can also email the show directly email us realestatedeal at rider.edu that's realestatedeal at rider.edu and you can also check out any show ever uh, on 1077thebronc.com go to the real estate deal page and check out the audio archive so if you are just tuning in um, it is the ending of the show last segment of the show so if you want to catch up with the rest of the show and previous shows as well just go over to 1077thebronc.com Check out the real estate deal page and go to the audio archives. Every episode ever is located there. Um, so something we've been talking about throughout this year is that uh, we have a shortage of homes in terms of new construction. And we talked about on one of the shows where you know older homes are staying or being utilized, I guess, and living past their useful life, um, so to speak and because we have a shortage of new homes and we can't keep up with demand in terms of building uh, because of labor shortages you know high material prices and high material prices causing high purchase prices of new homes so good news is that new home prices are actually dropping so the median home price um, that was just reported is actually um, under 300,000, which is definitely good because if you look at, according to information and data, half of prospective buyers um, in the country cannot afford more than $300,000. And certainly, you know, first time home buyers, their sweet spot in terms of median is right around, somewhere around 275, I forget the exact number. Um, but obviously that's really good for them because, you know, that gives, first-time home buyers the opportunity to buy new homes as well where a lot of times new homes you know are priced well above 300 um, because either they can't make any profit lower than that or not enough profit um, but now you know they're figuring things out and ways to do it um, and builders are adding more price points to what they're building so there's more flexibility in terms of uh, size and price point to help other people uh, be able to 
purchase these new homes. Uh, first time home buyers, obviously buying buying a new home. Um, you know, there's you know there's two sides of it, I guess, from my perspective. Um, there's two sides where when you buy a new home, you're not necessarily going to see much growth in the value of the home um, because you know when you buy it, it's kind of at the peak of its value because it's brand new. Um, but you know, I mean, there is other things to that in terms of where is it located. You know, you could see all of a sudden an uptick in value just in that area for whatever reason. Um, but you know, there's that side. But the other side is that you know, first-time home buyer buying a new home, there's really nothing you have to worry about. And some places you could probably stay in longer potentially um, than a home, an older home that you buy, and less work obviously if you don't want to do the work. Um, but you know that's kind of two sides two sides of the story and it's based on how you feel about it and all those types of things so but it's really good news I think for the market itself um, because it continues they continue to drop so builders are kind of recognizing what's happening in the market and they're responding to that and I think that's a good thing and I think I said on the show before you know if builder can figure out how to get a decent home built for those lower um, prices, then they could really target a big segment of the first-time homebuyer market, um, or different than that as well. So, and I think something that's happening too is that, you know, people are getting more interested in not this, I guess, stereotypical suburban development with larger lot, big house, McMansion, um, that type of thing, where people are interested in the live work play aspect you know similar to robbiesville um, town center there where they have you know the shops and stuff and then there's like almost like row homes townhouses there um, that are closer together things of that nature and that helps to lower price points as well and i will say i mean i'll say town center is a bad example when we talk about price points because it's super expensive there um, but you know the idea of that and people being more attracted to that helps with everything as well because builders are able to save on spending on the amount of land and you know, the footprint that the home takes up um, and a lot are building more townhomes than single families too um, because the demand is there and I think the demand too is because people are more I think over time you know I see especially like in my age group uh, I guess I guess I'm a millennial. I think I'm a millennial at 32. So, but in my age range, you know, people are less wanting to, I guess, maintain a larger home and more yard and things of that nature. Um, so they're opting for things like townhomes or like closer living with smaller lots, um, similar to like town center style, or like row homes or things of that nature. Um, especially, you know, with homeowner association too is last thing to take care of um all those types of things so it's interesting to see how the market is reacting and you know this is definitely a reaction um and you know interesting fact is that you know half of the new homes in september actually sold for less than three hundred thousand dollars so it's definitely good news and you know i'm trying to think if i've seen any new developments coming up i think couple where I've seen that they are advertising like uh, like 275 as a starting price um, which is a start obviously New Jersey is super expensive um, than 
compared to other states as well. Um, but you know, it is something that I think is going to become a bigger thing, um, especially you know as we look at you know the facts that are in front of us is that homes are getting older and they're aging out basically, and you start to look at as those older homes you know they've lasted a long time because they were built really well in most cases um but then you start to look at homes that you know were built in the 70s 80s 90s um you know maybe they were not built as well as homes that were built back in the 20s 30s 40s um or even longer than that um they weren't built as well so we have to take into consideration that those homes will not end up lasting as long. You won't see, I mean, I doubt that you're gonna see a home, at least like a standard regular, not a custom home, um, built, that was built in the 90s that's gonna last for 100 years. I mean, I can't imagine because the materials have become, you know, not as sturdy, uh, and, you know, for some reasons, for good reasons, for like environmental reasons and things of that nature, but you don't see the same, same I guess, craftsmanship and work going into it and the quality um, of some homes. And, you know, it's not the case for everything, um, but there's definitely stuff that, you know, is not going to last as long. So for that window between, you know, catching up, building new homes for people um, versus homes that are, you know, becoming, mm, what's the right word, I guess, obsolete in the marketplace and not livable anymore because of their age and structural issues and all those different types of things um there's going to be that gap that's kind of become smaller and smaller so i think it's good that builders are adjusting and becoming more flexible in terms of what they're building and the price points they're looking at and that's really going to help i think in the long run in terms of closing that gap and helping people to get into homes and obviously create more home buyers as well um, with more affordability at those lower prices so definitely something to look at so with that being said um you definitely want to look one more time i'm going to remind you look at your mortgage and what potentially you could get for your interest rate um i won't say that the increase in the rate is like scary in terms of it's going to go away quickly um we're not going to have lower rates like in two weeks but um, you never know what can happen. So it's definitely something you want to look at, especially, you know, even if you're thinking about refinancing, you could probably get a lower rate at this point. Um, we talked about that on a previous show as well. Um, but you definitely want to check it out. If you're thinking about buying, get pre-qualified, just see where you're at, see what kind of rates you can get, and uh, take advantage of that and go buy a home. Um, so... Next week on the show, we are going to have, as a guest, we're going to have Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. It's been quite a while since he's been on as a guest, um, but he's definitely a friend of the show, underwriter of the show as well. Um, so he's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about some new mortgage products um, for investors that are really pretty interesting. Um, and I can't wait to hear more about them. They're brand new, I think, like as of the last month or so. So. So definitely new stuff and something some of them i haven't really heard of anything kind of like it so it'll be really interesting um so make sure that you tune in next sunday at 10 a.m um and this has been the real estate deal thank you to our underwriters coldwell bankers shivoni and associates and brad Zerbiv gateway mortgage group 
See you next week with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. That was this week's edition of The Real Estate Deal with Kevin Lawton on 1077 The Bronx. Your agent on the airwaves may be done for now, but you can catch this show and more on 1077thebronc.com under the Real Estate Deal tab. Kevin is on every Sunday at 10 a.m. talking about everything you need to know about the real estate market. The Real Estate Deal is underwritten by Brad Zerby and MLS number 161236 at Gateway Mortgage Group. Mortgage Plus Technology makes your path to happiness of owning a home easy. And by Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone, and Associates. If you had a question about buying, selling, renting, or investing in a home, you can like Kevin Lawton on Facebook and follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Kevin underscore Lawton. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Real Estate Deal, only on 1077 The Bronx.